0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Rootless Living podcast in episode number 27. My name is Damien Ross and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of a digital nomad magazine called Rootless Living. Before we get into today's podcast, can you do me a favor and when the episode is over, can you head over to one of your favorite social media accounts and share either the magazine or this podcast with your friends and family? It's a big help in getting the word out. Today, I chat with Magda and Flory, the duo behind Brave and Us. And in this episode, you get to hear from a couple that went full-time without a lot of planning and no experience of RV living and no real plan on how they would make money on the road. But they didn't let that stop them. Before I say too much, let's get into the show.
1: All right. With that, I want to welcome Magda and Flory. Flory, Magda, welcome to the show.
2: (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for having us.
1: So, um... I love going into these shows sometimes blind I have had people on the show that I kind of know or have hung out with on social media for a while but I try my best sometimes if you've ever listened to it or those of you that are listening to not know a lot about the people that I'm interviewing because I think that's what this kind of lifestyle is about we get out of our RVs our rigs wherever we are and we start meeting people we ask questions so Mm -hmm. the first question I like to kind of start with is do you guys consider yourself full-timers part-timers some timers where do you guys see yourself in and around this lifestyle?
3: i think we're full timers now (laughs) for about a year
2: exactly actually this month on the 21st there will be our 12 month mark of living on the road
1: nice this is a lifestyle that a lot of people will call you guys newbies i think it's funny to me that you know like (laughs) when you own a, a home for a year nobody calls you a you know, a newbie homeowner or if you're in your first apartment for a year, but whatever in this lifestyle, your first year, they always want to let you know you've been a newbie and me going on three years, I still have people that will tell me I'm a newbie.
2: No, I think you're always going to be a newbie to somebody, you know, who is like, who's done this or whatever else in life longer than you. They would always say, ah, you know, you're, you're a newbie.
1: Without a doubt. Now I'm picking up some accents. And so I want to make sure to acknowledge that because I did see this. And one of the questions you guys answer is that you both speak other languages, but it's not the same language. So you guys <laughs> communicated English and I thought that was really great. So just really quickly, tell me about your guys' uh, just nationality kind of backgrounds and then your native tongue. And then I think that's really interesting.
3: Uh, I was born and raised in Romania, and I came here more than 10 years ago. And I'm still working on my English. I'm not
1: proud of my English and the accent. I'm never, never gonna lose my accent. Don't lose your accent, like, and your English is English is gotta be the hardest language maybe outside of Chinese to learn, right? English is like it's 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 the only language I speak, and it's hard. (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's true and you know what it's funny because i was uh born in poland and i came here in 2002 and barely speaking any english and you know going to school here i just I learned and my accent you know it's very light compared to let's say flurry but you know it's funny because I think accents are cool and I think they're sexy especially in men
1: <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's awesome I love it I agree I agree <laughs> that like I, I think sometimes people get so worried about what makes us different what makes us unique is really cool like if we all sounded the same if we all looked the same And that's one of the things I'm finding out about this lifestyle that I really enjoy is there's kind of a side where it's like people will say there's only one way to do this lifestyle or a perfect way. There isn't. And I I love that about it. So how did you guys get into it? What got you guys into full-timing RVing?
2: Well, it all started with, uh, we had a house, we had, you know, normal kind of average lifestyles, and we had a little farmhouse that was a little too close to a road. So there was a car accident, which kind of shook us all up. And, you know, the drunk driver hit a stone wall, long story short, you know, the big rocks went against the house one rock flew into the house and landed very close to our daughter who was eating her breakfast on the floor so that was that story with that house and we were like okay we are out of here we started looking for another house but you know just didn't find anything that interested us in Connecticut and one day you know just I honestly have no idea where that idea come, came from. But I was like, well, let's get a motorhome and check out America. What is, you know, there's so many places that we haven't seen in this country. And that's kind of how it started. It was all the house and boom.
1: <laughs> I like that you don't remember, because I feel like I'm alone in that. Like, I don't remember where the idea came from. I know I wasn't influenced. I wasn't watching YouTubers or Instagram. I just thought I knew I wanted to get out of California. I didn't know where. And an RV seemed like a, a fun way to kind of figure that out. So with your work, though, your work allowed you guys to kind of hit the road. Did you have jobs that were remote? I mean, how were you able to just be able to say, hey, you know what? Let's just give it to the house and let's get into a, an RV and hit the road.
3: <laughs> yeah, it it's just like we quit everything. And now we didn't have remote jobs. We're working on it right now
2: right so we had you know we sold the house and we made some money on that so we had some money uh, to kind of live off of and fall on until we figure it out what you know, how to do this lifestyle because honestly like i have i didn't even know people do this full time like it was such a random idea that i i didn't even know that it's a it's a lifestyle we
3: didn't plan we didn't plan this actually the original plan was to go see this big beautiful country and find a better place and find a better home a, a nice place to to raise our child, and then along the way we lost the original <laughs> <laughs> uh, purpose. Purpose, and now after a year we still we, we feel get the like, bug. Yeah, we don't want to settle yet. We we want to go again, <laughs> take another. <laughs> another round
1: I love it no and that actually happens to a lot of people i mean there's people that will set up a like a time frame they'll say we're going to do it for a year and then 15 years later they're still doing it they
2: <laughs> we we, made, we met some older folks that did do it for over a decade and just you know you just get hooked on it like addicted to the constant change and adventure and just i don't know this kind of life which is so exciting and of course there are ups and downs it's never always you know perfect and 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 beautiful um but for the most part it is (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, true. I mean, I I think that's something we talk about on the show a lot. That I think a lot of people don't realize. A lot of the same problems that you have in a bricks and sticks, you're going to have in an RV life. It's not that totally. different. But but the ups, I feel like, are way different. Like the highs are really different. And we'll get into that later because we always do a high and a low on the show in and around this yeah. lifestyle. What did you guys end up buying? Did you guys go brand new? How long did that process take? What did you guys end up doing?
3: Um, I personally. Being a a mechanic, I always like to buy used cars that I can fix myself and I don't throw a lot of money into it. And we found this 97 Winnebago, uh, Class A in Massachusetts. We went to see it and bought it. It was was a good deal. And it's in a pretty good shape. I mean, I did a tune-up on the engine and... Little things here and there, but other than that, it's, it's It didn't good.
2: give us any problems. Yeah, yeah. And we,
3: we did. So with it like, how many miles already?
2: Over 50,000, and we bought it. It was, like, 32,000 miles.
3: Yeah, so, like, 20,000 20, miles.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the funny part is that we've never stepped foot in an RV before. So, we had no idea what the hell do we even want or look for.
3: And we're not picky. <laughs> we don't want a to tour boss
2: but you know i think like a good suggestion to people looking to get an rv that don't have experience with rvs like we have didn't have but what we did was we did go look at um, dealers and at the dealers we were able you know to just take walks through all of the different types because we were kind of thinking of class c class a we weren't sure what you know what would be better so just kind of going to the dealer shop and kind of getting familiar with you know how the setup is and what feels better i think it's it's really good um and you don't really have to obviously buy it from the dealer so that's what we did
1: no it's really smart i think if i had Mm -hmm. a mechanical background i probably would have went used i bought a new trailer but i bought a used truck and Mm -hmm. i think that was part of it was you know if something goes wrong you know, will I be able to like fix it? What about warranty? But what a lot of people don't realize too, especially with, you know, a 97, is that a lot of times these things don't get a lot of miles that people don't use them a lot.
2: Exactly. It,
1: it's mm-hmm. really bizarre to me. And I found that out numerous times where the, actually the campground I'm at right now, there's like a storage yard and you can walk through it. The majority of them, their tags expired maybe 15 years ago. Like they haven't been driven in 15 years and someone's paying to store it here. So at some point they'll sell it and it might not even have 5,000 miles on it because they just never mm-hmm. drove it kind of a thing. And so I think it is, if you have any kind of mechanical background and you do really learn a lot too. I mean, I've learned way more in the three years on the road than I ever learned owning a home. It's just second nature mm-hmm. when you own a home to call a plumber. When you're on a campground, you're doing something wrong. You try to figure it out. you break out YouTube, you ask a neighbor, you figure it out, you get it handled. So I think use is a great way mm-hmm. to kind of go. Did you guys? Do you guys have a yeah. towed vehicle? Do you have a car you're pulling behind or just the the Class A by itself?
3: Yeah, we bought a, a Jeep. Also used. <laughs> we bought a used Jeep. 2003. Because those are, uh, I didn't know before why you always see a Jeep towed by a camper. Now I know because they're, they're the best. And you can take them off road.
2: That's the fun part, yeah. The off-roading with the Jeep.
1: <laughs> yeah, and isn't a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't a Jeep one of the very, there, I mean, there's not one of the very few, but it's a vehicle that basically the wheels will spin. It's funny how there are a lot of cars where they either have to be on a platform or the front wheels need to be on a platform because you can't just mm-hmm. pull it like in neutral. But you are right. I feel like the the setup that a lot of people like is the Class A with a Jeep and exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about is doing the adventuring. Now 50,000 miles. That's a lot in a first year. You guys are really kind of hustling around. What is what is your average like stay look like? How long are you staying at a place? How many states have you visited so far? Tell me about what you guys have kind of done in the last year.
2: Well, it all started in May of last year like I mentioned in the beginning and we started Again, we, you know, we're not really planners, so it's all kind of just kind of go with the flow. Um, We were, the plan was to start going south and doing the southern route. Um... From Connecticut Uh, and we started there we got to North Carolina and then we realized that it's already hot in North Carolina and end of May it hit 90s and we were like that's not a good idea so we just head north and um, uh, went all the way to the West Coast, um, through all of Montana, all, I mean, all the states, you know, on the way. And we don't really have like a time slot of how long we stay in places. It really all depends on, you know, the spot. Like if it's a cool spot and we want to explore a lot more, then we stay longer. If not, we pack up and go. So it kind of varies. Uh, But certainly not having a plan, uh, it's, I I find that you make... It makes you explore this much more of the unknown, uh, versus just like hitting the designated spots that you have planned. Uh, but who knows? I might be wrong because I'm not a planner. So.
3: Uh, I think that's good. So uh, we we never made the reservation in advance, like three months in advance, right, uh, uh, for a campground. Which you and can then be hooked.
2: Yeah, it can backfire too because you might right. be like, Holy cow. You just I w- no
3: wake up, go behind the wheel, and on, on the way, uh, Magda is checking the map and let me know which way we're going. Sometimes we we don't even know in the morning where we're gonna
1: spend the night. That's so many times that happen. Right. That's actually that's, uh, really cool. I could see for some good. people that would be like stressful in a way because oh. they're planners. But I think it is. Right. I've been in that situation where when we first started out, we had to go basically California to Oregon and then start making our way over to Boston for a mm. conference I was going to be at. And we went really fast and we had to you know do all this pre-planning and scheduling. And Right. It ended up canceling where I didn't have to go to that conference. And I thought, I'll never do that again. It's too, uh, it does make it too stressful when you have to think weeks in advance. And it's just
3: like,
2: it's like a deadline, you know, meeting the yeah. deadline. I don't know. It can be more stressful than not having a deadline and kind of going with the flow um, without rushing anywhere.
1: Yeah. And again, that's what I was saying. Like I, I remember doing road trips with my my grandfather and he would have like to the minute kind of planned out. Because he was an engineer, like that's what brought him a lot of like, it was fun for him to try to figure out, will we really be at this one rest stop by this time? And will we be here by this time at this diner? And so for him, there was a lot of joy in kind of doing that planning. And that's what I mean, like, you kind of figure out the lifestyle that works for you. I know there are people that are listening like, wait, you don't even know where you're going to spend the night at night. I know a lot of people that do that, where that's the point of having this freedom. Is there's nothing worse than getting to like a really nice campsite and you're like, oh my gosh, we can stay here for weeks if we want to, and you have all these reservations, and now you can't stay, you have to leave because you have all these reservations. So the way you're doing right. it really works for you guys, and it sounds a lot of fun. What has mm-hmm. been, uh, what's been one of your favorite states so far? And I know that's hard, Ooh. but like, what yeah. were you really surprised by?
2: Oh, uh, well, I think for me montana like you know the the western western uh, side of montana was very surprising like the missoula bosman area uh bosman Boozman, i never know how to say that <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah that was that was for me how about for you Flory?
3: i yeah i got hooked on montana i like i like the north I, that's why we plan to go see Canada in the future. I like the wilderness, the, the never-ending uh, pine woods. Then lately, with because we originally we were looking for home, but lately we are going with the weather, and we figured that we don't we don't want to live in Montana. We don't want to live in Connecticut because it's still winter here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so cold
3: we like warm weather but then
1: you but can yeah. always be snowbirds though right where you could actually uh, have homes in the north and then exactly. load up and then take exactly. off yeah so that yeah that's
3: the idea to spend the the wind the winter in uh the south and uh, mm-hmm. summer in montana i like montana idaho They're beautiful. They really are.
1: No, that's, Mm -hmm. and are you guys, is your background like, were you, so for me, I'm originally from Los Angeles, I spent about 40 years of my life in the LA area. So it, my life has always been very congested. You know, there's Mm. just, even as an only child, I felt like, you know, there was someone always in my space in a way. And so to be able to get out of that, I couldn't believe like how open and rural and spacious the majority of our country is. And so for me, I was really blown yeah. away by that. Uh, I, I don't think I ever want to live in a big city again. You know, I mean, I, hmm. never, I don't like to say never, but I just feel like I've done that. Now I want to experience, you know, the open woods, yeah. like you're saying, or like I am right now, where I'm staring at a lake out my window. I'd rather be living that life than in a big city. Do you guys come from big cities? Is that your background? Or what is before the RV trip? Where are you guys kind of living?
2: No, we always lived in the, I mean, always as as long as we've been together for the last six years, um, you know, pretty small towns, pretty suburb areas. So and that's what I grew up around is like suburb. And I like that. I like being fairly near a big city but not being part of it, you know? Uh, I like the privacy and the woods and the nature, but have the convenience of being, you know, within thirty minutes of a grocery store or, you know, the hospital. Which to some 30 minutes is a lot, which and to others it's like, ah, I can do, you know, two hours away, it's fine.
3: (laughs) Yeah, time time and time and distance uh, uh, change since Mm. uh, like how you perceive time and space, especially distance, distance changed.
2: Now it's like, oh, what's, you know, what's five hours drive to the next spot, whatever we're going?
3: (laughs) I never liked pretty never liked city. Big cities. I, I, I can't. Give me give me a, a countryside with, a, <laughs> cows. with cows and a river.
1: And- I'm with you. I think at some point I'd like to have a piece of property that, you know, was really fluid in the sense that my lifestyle is still, I can get up and go whenever I want to. And obviously it's not a big home or even maybe not even a home on the property at all maybe it's just a barn and but I always want to live like next to like a horse farm and like a cow ranch and so I get all the benefits of the horses and the cows but I don't have to own them or take care of them you know and just uh, I, can, I can almost pretend like they're mine you know like those are those are grandpa's cows you just can't go over there but those are my cows kind of a thing but I do you like can
2: buy you buy the milk
1: Exactly. You go next door and you can ride a horse every once in a while, but when they start yelling, you have to get off. Um, The time and distance thing I think is really funny because when I, when I left, I told my friends and talked to them about how, I'd probably like to be like an hour or two hours away from like a major airport. And originally they were like, that's crazy. And I'm like, we live two hours from the airport right now. It's just that it's 15 miles away and it takes us two hours to get there and all this traffic. If I buy something in Texas that's two hours away, it's, you know, 180 miles, but I can go 90 miles an hour, you know, on Texas freeways. So you're right that it's all like relative and different. I think it's really cool. I think a lot of people don't understand that if they are like entrapped in a city how different it is and how those things the the long drives you're right like uh, maybe a six-hour drive is where I'm starting to be like oh maybe we should break that Right. right but other than that like if it's under three hours let's go let's do it right it's not a problem
2: I totally agree
1: now how is it with uh you have a three and a half year old right
2: right we have a three and a half year old girl
1: Yeah. How's that been on the road? I mean, I I didn't take my kids camping and uh, my parents never took me camping. It wasn't a thing. I'm very much like you. I think really one of the first RVs I ever really stepped in is the one I own. How's Mm -hmm. that been, you know, with a child and a young child at that?
2: Uh Oh. I think for the most part I mean that age they are so easily adaptable to you know their surroundings and she's always been you know we always exposed her to being outdoors so much because the house we had had you know 10 acres and we were outside a lot and so now being that we've we are even more outside is just so so amazing and she just always gets so excited to meet you know new friends and new kids which is not always you know whenever we go to a new spot but it's It does happen quite often. And, you know, she's still so little that she doesn't have an opinion to say like, mom, dad, you know, I really don't like this gypsy lifestyle. (laughs) So maybe we just need to wait a few more years for her to say, you know, what her opinion is about it. But for the most part, I think she just adopts pretty, pretty easy to everything, to
3: the changes. I think this lifestyle is actually better for her than being in any home, like stable Mm -hmm. home. Uh, like brick brick, brick. Home. yeah, it's because she's she's like a sponge now she's she's learning so much, and mm-hmm. seeing n- uh, new things new new places uh new people, different people mm-hmm. all this is learning for her mm-hmm. and and my my main concern was driving, you know if it, you drive you you get stuck eight hours a day. six hours six hours eight hours driving that would be the hardest part but it wasn't because we built this uh, frame for a used uh, truck seat and we put it right in between our seats and she's right here with us and she can see everything and mother is playing with her (laughs) that
2: was the, the biggest project is to figure it out where this kid is going to be when the bus is moving you know we We know people put car seats on the sofas, you know, the sideways couches or the dinettes. We just wanted something with a closer access to us, to me, because I'm usually the passenger, without me have to get up out of the seat all the time because obviously kids are needy and like snacks and this and that and just entertainment. Um so we knew that we need to make something, create something. And like after all this research and YouTube searching and all of it, we just couldn't find any alternatives that anybody did or shared at least, you know, and then Flurry after a lot of thinking and designing and like what we can do just came up with this steel frame that he mounted to the frame of the actual bus onto which he mounted the, like a truck seat, you know? I don't know if that makes sense, me explaining it, but he put it, you know, we put it right smack almost between the the seats um you can't really exactly put it in the middle because of the engine but yeah it's right there and we have easy access to her and she sees everything through you know the front windshield
3: which also and she's safe
2: and she's safer definitely
3: they don't build the rvs for children (laughs) i don't know why but they don't Right,
1: And I think I have seen someone that did something similar, but they built basically a seat behind the driver's seat. And so Hmm. they like cut the, it was probably the dinette area or couch area. And they brought in, like you're saying, like it was like a, a seat from a van and they bolted it to the frame because they just wanted something a little safer then you know like a side couch kind of strap in and so it sounds like it's awesome idea you know I mean just for her experience too because you know there is that like are we there now where are we now or you guys are talking about something being beautiful and she can't see it you know right. she's like facing you know the wall or something so it sounds like and it's awesome I mean and that's again that's what's so great you know um I definitely would hire someone like you, Flory, to do it. I wouldn't do it myself. (laughs) But I think that's what's really great is that you can modify a lot of these things that make sense. And you are right. It's weird that, you know, sometimes when we look at um, the RVs, I get they're not made for full-timing. Um, because most just use them for like weekends and camping, no matter what it is. I totally get that. But there are times where I like, these aren't really made for families. Like this isn't, yeah. but it does go back to the whole, like, you know, kids have to wear a seatbelt when they're in a car, but they're in a school bus. For some reason, they they don't, magically, they don't have to wear one anymore. And I've always right. been like, why don't we have to wear seatbelts in a school bus? I don't get it. But it sounds like you guys made something work, which is really cool. Oh. Yeah, we have
2: to sacrifice some space, you know, because obviously that's, it's a tiny space as is and the seat does take some space, but you know, it comes to like safety over that little square footage of a few feet, you know?
1: Yeah. And the experience too. I mean, it sounds right. like it's a much better experience for her. So that's i mean that's what it's all about and that's really cool i like that a lot now you guys said you guys basically uh sold the house and then used the income from the house to be able to kind of one get the rig and the jeep and then be able Mm -hmm. to kind of afford the lifestyle are you guys looking for remote work like how does that work fueling forward what's the the kind of the plan when it comes to work
2: Um, As of last October, I started uh, tutoring to adults and kids, tutor English online to uh foreigners um and it's just really conversational english uh with adults and with younger kids like four to 14 it's you know structural lessons uh so that's what i've been doing part-time and i'm starting as of may i think 11th uh, i'm starting an interpreter job so english polish english polish interpreter for pretty uh Big company, so that's also 100% remote. So, you yeah, know, trying to figure it out are things. And uh, Flory can tell you what he's been working on.
3: I don't have any income right now. I am learning programming because I always wanted to do that. And I think that's a great job, remote job. I love it. And, and I'm getting there hopefully <laughs> soon so I can pay Magda's back for... <laughs> <laughs> Supporting me all this time. She's great. She's such a great partner and she believes in me and I cannot disappoint her. So soon I'll, I'll bring some money in the house too.
2: <laughs> but you know, everything that breaks, Florey fixes and he's like my personal handyman besides life partner. So like you just balance it out when you work, you know, with that. Like obviously Taking care of Luna when I'm working, it's also a job. So like somebody has to do it. So it's either, you know, just because it it's not, you're not getting really paid for it. It's still pretty hard job, <laughs> you know, running after a three and a half year old. So just make it work. Balance, balance, balance.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, especially in 2020, it's all about, it's really a team effort. And it's a team effort where I think a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm a dad, I was a single father. I raised all four of my kids, I had custody of all four of them. I look back and the sacrifices that we kind of made in partnerships to be able to make sure that one of us was available for the kids is really huge. You know, I mean, I'm an only child I was what's referred to as a latchkey child. Both my parents worked an enormous amount of hours. And it's really nice when you can figure out a system that works. It sounds like you guys are doing it for sure. But I mean, just the the upside of really understanding mechanics and be able to fix things is such a huge savings that when when I'm, anytime I'm fixing something on my rig, I almost count that as income. You know, yeah, it's like, oh, this would have cost $500 or this would have cost a $1,000. Plus we would have had to take the rig to a shop and get a hotel, blah, blah, blah. So it's like money coming in. So it sounds like you guys are doing a good job in the partnership. You know, what I like about you guys is one, that there wasn't a lot of planning. I think a lot of people think there needs to be a lot of planning. The idea for us came up in October. We left that June. So it wasn't a lot of time either, but there was a lot Mm -hmm. of planning within that small amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we didn't, you know, try to forecast all these plans of where we were going. So you don't really need to have a lot of planning. Um, You don't need an enormous amount of money either to start this lifestyle and at least check it out. And that's what I like when I hear people buying used too, because if for some reason you got on the road and you hated it, you can probably sell what you just bought for pretty close to what you just paid for it too, in a lot of cases. So it's really smart there. And then, you know, you get to see the world and figure out where you guys want to go, which I, you know, I just can't put a value on it. My friends talk about like, how much does the lifestyle cost you? And I'm like, I can't compare it. It's not dollar for dollar. Mm. You know, it's like, if I tell you it costs me $2,000 a month, I don't want you to think about $2,000 a month in LA. You know, it's, it, it's just different right. The experience. You can't purchase the experience, I guess, is... You know, the best way of saying it. So, something I like to do on the show is what's called a high low. I used to do it with my kids all the time. We'd sit down to dinner and ask each of them to tell me something, you know, the bad that happened, something that good that happened today. And the reason I like doing the lows. Is because I think a lot of times, especially with us as full timers, you know, when we're on Instagram or Facebook or something like that, we're only really posting the amazing moments. And I think sometimes people forget that there are things that go wrong. So the first thing I like to ask is what's been kind of a low? What's been something in the last year where you've just been like, oh, this sucks out of... Flat tires or internet service? Because I feel like that always, you know, we're not getting good enough internet, we have to leave or we've had some sort of like flat tire breakdown, but what's been kind of a low in the lifestyle?
2: Well, for us when it started, it was pretty, I mean, I got to say it was pretty nerve wracking because it's like... We've never drove anything this big in the sense of like a home on wheels. And I think it was within the first 100 or 200 miles when we were driving to North Carolina, the bus started to kind of smoke. and <laughs> We didn't really know what the heck was going on. I think it was coming from the exhaust. Flurry can tell you obviously more because he fixed the problem as soon as we got to uh, North Carolina, I think. But like that was pretty, you know, kind of a damper from the beginning. Like, oh, man, we're like not even 100 or 200 miles in and, you know, something is going. So, learning along the way for the last 12 months that those lows will happen when it comes to like mechanical or anything, like anything that you would have really in life. But can you think of any other lows? I don't
3: think that's that's uh, that was his question. <laughs> I think was your, it? your question about his question was about.
1: Uh, let's talk about your meltdown in uh,
3: Utah. <laughs> That's exactly what my question
1: was. You nailed it, Flory. Okay, so let's talk about your meltdown in Utah. That's what I want to yes. talk about.
3: She wanted to burn the camper and start running. <laughs> get get away from me.
2: Well, if you think about being in Utah in like August and you're driving and your chassis AC goes off and it's you don't have AC and it's like 100, you know, who knows how. 110. 110, 15 outs and you're, you know, you're driving in the middle of nowhere where we're like driving to our boondocking spot. And it was just inferno inside. So obviously, as soon as we pulled over to our spot for the night or two, um, you know, we turned the generator, turned the AC on. But to cool down a rig that was just running for the last however many hours in like high heat, it will (laughs) take hours.
3: Right, and I was, I was like, let's go hiking, <laughs>
2: and, and I was like, you are crazy. I will just lay in bed without a movement and just put a fan on to, you know, try to cool myself down before I want to kill somebody. Um, but yes, that that is true. That was probably the hardest and uh, the roughest meltdown when it comes to to that.
3: <laughs> I think the hardest thing is, uh, is the tight spaces, and sometimes it's like you know when you're in the house for a week, uh, in a stuck in a snowstorm, then like you, crappy weather, yeah, and you want to get out. Sometimes being in this closed spaces together, we we need not so much, but I see that Magda needs some some space Space. and then i take (laughs) luna and i take luna fishing
2: (laughs) and they run for their lives you know (laughs)
1: that's really smart i like that it's i mean i want to remind you guys because you guys are in this really like terrible heat and then obviously in the snow i want to remind you guys your home has wheels You guys can move from the snow and the heat, which, but I've been caught in both. So I I totally agree with you that I was in Arizona, like 120. And with both ACs running, I think the coolest it got was like 90 degrees inside. (laughs) Which is still, everyone was like, dude, that's a miracle. Because normally it's really only about a 20 degrees difference. If it's a hundred out, it's going to be about 80, even with the ACs running all day long. And uh, wow. Yeah, that's where I really started I not that we do a ton of planning, but I definitely like to look at the weather. That's like one of the For things. For sure. Yeah, I don't want to be I don't wanna be running my propane and I don't want to be reliant where I have to run a generator the whole time. So those are those are some good those are some good lows. Let's talk about the highs. <laughs> uh this might be a little easier. What's been what I like to refer to almost is I can't believe this is our life kind of moments. What's some of those that you can share with me?
2: Oh, there were so many of those moments, you know, like, I find that, um, especially when we would find spots that were secluded, like some of the boondocking spots that we discovered that just, just take your breath away that, you know, you're just completely surrounded by nature. And it's like, this is free, this doesn't really cost anything. And it's just like this overwhelming wave of happiness of like this, I don't know, some people might, might find it funny, like this, crazy freedom feeling of freedom that so many people are so far away from these days
1: no i agree i think i've had that i had it when i was on the gulf in here in texas where you're parked like really on the sand as someone that grew up you know where beach property is so expensive to rent a motel or a hotel near the beach is so expensive <clears throat> and here i am parking on the sand for two weeks for free
3: are you in uh, port Aransas?
1: no i was this was our first time i did that area was uh 2018 i was totally so so scared so scared of driving the rig on sand i just didn't you know we we don't drive on sand in california there's only like two beaches that allow it so it's nothing i've ever done and it was the best experience that i've ever had like i really enjoyed just opening my door listening to the waves but I had that moment where it was like, how can this be free? Like <laughs> they're, right. they're, they're so stupid; they could charge so much money for this. And but then you know, you come to your senses and you're like, oh, let's keep it free. You know, let's not talk. Right. We don't want people to know about kind of. A
2: thing. You know, that was one of those spots actually where we spent three weeks, and that was one of those aha moments in the sense of like, how, <laughs> how are we here? And it's free, and it's basically empty because it was december so like off season mm. no tourists like some rv you know rvs come and go and with the being in december it was you didn't even have to get a pass and nobody was really patrolling or you know we would move every so many days like going to fill up our fresh water and dump but when you that's like the best time I think to go there where it's not too hot not many people like most of the town was kind of closed and like some businesses were shut down but it was just perfect
1: perfect I think it's a good tip that if people don't realize that there are a lot of seasonal locations and if you can visit it really close to kind of season ending or really close to season beginning you're probably getting some good weather but you're just it's not as crowded it's not as crazy I've also noticed that when I'm in areas in off season, I'll get to know the Rangers a little bit more personally because there's just not a lot of people and they've always mm-hmm. been like, ah, it's, you don't have to leave. You can stay. It's fine. If you want to stay longer than two weeks, I'm like, yeah, I would love to. I didn't, they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, or they'll say like you can't have campfires and then they'll come by and they'll be like, you know what? It's okay. If you want to have a campfire, um, I trust you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's cool too. You know, it's, it's a really different kind of lifestyle than i would say just camping for the weekend in a way because you're out there for a while and you get to know the people and it's been really cool mm-hmm. i really was excited about being on the interview guys i mean i love the you just your guys's kind of story and um getting to know you guys if people want to reach out and find you guys where do they find you on social media where do you guys at
2: um well i think we're kind of all over uh the place like most people i guess but um Mainly we use Instagram, but then we also have YouTube, YouTube channel about just kind of our main adventures. And I do have a little blog about cooking in the small or, you know, small space uh such as rv or tiny home and like all the uh tricks and tips about you know the tricky rv ovens and stuff like that so i uh i i use the blog for all the things that i make uh that come out good and you know i i like to share with people so so kind of yeah a little bit of all
1: So what's the, what's like the URL and the username for those? Where are they going to find you on Instagram and where are they going to find your blog, YouTube channel?
2: So the Instagram, it's brave underscore and underscore us, brave and us. But between the words, it's underscore. The blog is just www.braveandus.com. And same with YouTube. If you kind of just type brave and us with underscrolls, you will find us um gotcha. but on uh on instagram you know in the bio i have all the links to all of it so i would say go for the instagram first and then branch out from there
1: gotcha and i'll link all that down below if you guys want to cool. find them and stuff and magda flory i really appreciate you guys coming on and hanging out and telling your story thanks so much for coming on the show
2: it was a pleasure thanks for having us
1: thank you damian and
3: hopefully we'll see you somewhere on the road
0: that's always the plan <laughs> <laughs>
3: Cheers.
0: Cheers. Well, another fun episode in the books. And again, after recording this, I have such a desire to learn a second language. I really hope Magda and Flory never lose their amazing accents. Now, if you want to learn more about Magda and Flory, head over to Instagram you can search brave and us. It's brave underscore and underscore us or head over to their blog at braveandus.com All one word. And don't forget you can grab a free digital subscription of the rootless living magazine by just heading over to rootlessliving.com today. Before you hit stop, please take a second and give this podcast a review. And again, share this podcast and the magazine with your family and friends on your favorite social media account. It's a huge help to us. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest on the podcast, or that guest might even be you, please send us an email at podcast at com, and let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.